plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hey folks, this is Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com back for episode 12 of the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, you probably listened to this on Tuesday morning, our third week of the podcast. Uh, getting ready for the Bucks to go up to Jacksonville this week. That's the big storyline. Bucks have uh, joint practices with the Jaguars in Jacksonville Wednesday and Thursday morning, uh, all leading up to their second preseason game Saturday night at Everbank Field. Um, second week of the preseason, you know, just an extension of the first, really. Probably a little bit more playing time for the starters, uh, you know, a little bit more pressure on guys that are playing late in the game. If you're playing in the fourth quarter, for the second game in a row, you're running out of time at that point. But uh, lots to look forward to there in Jacksonville. The Bucks had their last practice of the week uh, in Tampa on Monday morning. Uh, they'll have a walkthrough on Tuesday, uh, close to the media, before they uh, head up to Jacksonville tomorrow's. Uh, Tuesday's also a travel day as well. The big news of the day on Monday uh, is uh, tackle DeMar Dotson uh, getting a contract extension with the Bucks. Uh, DeMar in line to be the starting right tackle on this team would have been a free agent in uh, spring of 17. DeMar is the most tenured Buccaneer, goes all the way back to 2009. He's the only guy that's been there longer than Gerald McCoy. Uh, So neat for Dot. Dot's well-liked. He's won uh, the uh, local uh, Pro Football Writers Association chapter, uh, presents a uh, good guy award in the locker room. DeMar got that, I guess, two years ago. Dot got that. So very well liked. Uh, DeMar's a guy who's candid, who will talk uh, after a win and after a loss. That's definitely uh, something we like as reporters, is people that will be just as happy to talk to you uh, when things haven't gone well as when they've played well. Uh, For Dot, you know, you'll see different values. I don't have uh, concrete terms I can give you on my own. Uh, usually these contracts come out and the first thing you get is kind of this pie-in-the-sky max value that the uh, agents want to put out there. Someone had it as four years and $16.5 million, which would be like a three-year extension on the one year he had left on his contract. Um, What's interesting and what uh, Rick Stroud with the Times was able to report today is that this is not a conventional four-year contract, if you will. It is a two-year contract with two one-year options after that. And uh, this is a little inside baseball here, but I want to try and explain why that's important here. Uh, first and foremost, there's only only $4.25 million fully guaranteed in this deal to begin with. So if, uh, if Dotson is mediocre or uh, has more injuries this fall and they're not happy with him after this season, they can walk away and it's a one-year $4.25 million contract as long as they cut him before... Uh, I don't know, start of March next year. So in all likelihood, they'll have him back. Uh, I think if they keep him on beyond mid-March next year, that triggers another $4.25 million guaranteed in the second year. Uh, but even then, this is very easily a two-year, $8.5 million deal then. Um, what the Bucks have done that's smart is that it's a two-year deal, and then at the end of 17, if they want, they can exercise an option 
uh, for a third year and at the end of 18 they can exercise an option for a fourth year and what's neat about that is that if they walk away after two years and let him be a free agent they don't exercise their option uh, it still constitutes him finishing a free agent contract which means they would be eligible for a compensatory draft pick if he left and signed elsewhere and they didn't make another signing to offset it uh, wherein if it was a four-year contract if you just said here's a four-year 16 million dollar contract and after two years you decide to cut him loose he hasn't finished his contract you cut him early so you don't get a comp pick so the way they've designed this contract uh, is smarter than most contracts in terms of giving some flexibility to the team in how long they want to keep him uh, and yet allowing them to have pot potential compensatory picks to come of this deal uh, it's neat for DeMar talking to him today and that a year ago uh, things had not gone well for him if you remember last summer uh, in OTAs uh, DeMar made a rather poor decision to hold out uh, had two years left on his contract at that point and made the decision he was not going to go to OTAs because he felt like he deserved a better contract um, and the Bucks responded very strongly and said uh, we are not going to negotiate with players that are holding out and staying away from practice so we will not negotiate until he's back at practice um, Lovey kind of had poo-pooed it as mentioning that uh, hey OTAs are voluntary anyway uh, I'm sure he'll be here for mandatory minicamp and, and sure enough uh, Dotson kind of folded, showed up at minicamp, kind of tail-tucked behind him, um, and had no progress. You know, went into the season without a deal. First game of the preseason, things go even worse. Dot hurts his knee. Uh, he's going to miss the first half of the season now. Uh, so not only has he not gotten the extension that they were very close to getting, um, but now he's created an injury situation. They bring in another potential starter in Goster Sherless. Um and at the end of last season, you know, DeMar only started three games last year, so was very much now uncertain going into his final year of his contract. Uh, what worked out very well for him is that Dirk Cutter believes in DeMar Dotson. Uh, in March, he said DeMar is his starter, so there's not a battle between him and Goster Sherilis. Uh DeMar Dotson will be the starting right tackle on this team. Uh, and he's gone out of the way to continue that praise. I mean, a, a week into camp, Dirk had said that the that DeMar Dawson was the best offensive lineman they had right now. So uh, all that leads up to him getting a contract that gives him a good raise for this year, uh, gives the Bucks the flexibility to have him back for as many as three more years if they want to. Uh, Dot is 30, uh, will be 31 in October. I know that because DeMar Dawson is exactly to the day 10 years younger than I am. We have the same birthday, and he was born 10 years after I was born. Uh, it doesn't help in terms of what I've done with my life when I see him signing a, uh, a $4 million deal and I had a 10-year head start on him. But uh, this podcast is, is helping me uh, keep up with him that way. So anyway, that's the news with DeMar Dobson. Congratulations to Dot. Very happy for him, uh, especially when you think back to him being an undrafted player, uh, didn't take up football, you know, was a basketball player at Southern Miss, very late to the game of football. Uh, and has turned himself into a very reliable starter, a guy that started 52 games for the Bucks, uh, and will really be a leader on this offensive line. Uh, has as much experience as anybody on this line now that Logan Mankins is gone. So, uh, again, congratulations to Dot. Uh, Bucks have uh, one more part of that offensive line now locked down. Um, they've still got to figure out what to do at center. Uh, 
deciding between Joe Hawley and Evan Smith. But big, big step getting Dotson locked up, having the flexibility to bring him back if they want beyond that. The other major news that came out of practice Monday morning is on the injury report, as Lovey Smith would say. Lovey would always open up his post-game practice, uh, post-practice uh, interview, and he would say injury report, and then he ne- wouldn't necessarily even tell us that much in terms of what the injuries were because he didn't have to until the league made the Bucks put it out. Anyway, uh, back on Saturday, if you remember, uh, Bucks had 12 players out with injury or illness. Uh, that number has dropped down to six. Uh, some key names back. At practice on Monday, Charles Sims was back, catching passes out of the backfield. He had uh, hurt that ankle at Tropicana Field last week. Charles Sims was back, looked good. I uh, should be able to see him playing, assuming he has no further problems. He'll be playing in that Jaguars game on Saturday night. Uh, Vernon Hargraves, obviously a huge name to bring back. Uh, we're not even necessarily sure what was wrong with Vernon, but uh, got dinged up one way or the other in that Eagles game and had been held out on Saturday. He was back today. Uh, again, Jude Ajay Barima still kind of working ahead of him as the first nickel, but uh, definitely good news with the big investment the Bucks made in Vernon Hargraves to have him back. Uh, Casanova McKenzie was back. Casanova's been out two full weeks with a hamstring injury, uh, had shown real promise the first couple days of training camp, had two big hits on, uh, on players before he was even allowed to hit players. So uh, good to see Casanova McKenzie out there. Real good battle between all those uh, rookie linebackers for backup jobs there. Uh, Will Golston was back. Will didn't have any kind of injury, had a, uh, a family illness, uh, was excused from the game on Thursday and practice on Saturday. He is now back as well. Should be good to go for Saturday. And then Leonard Wester, the undrafted rookie who has been the Bucks' second-team left tackle, was back and dressed but wasn't taking reps as the second-team left tackle. Uh, the guy that was doing that was Kelvin Palmer. Uh, the guy they brought in last week as an injury replacement has actually looked pretty good uh, filling in. I did not realize I talked to uh, Kelvin today, uh, mentioned he is coming off of ACL surgery in September of last year. So less than a year removed from an ACL uh, has looked good uh, and will probably play more here in this second preseason game. He's kind of battling for the last spots either on the roster or on the practice squad with that offensive line. Guys that are still out and still facing injury, uh, obviously J.R. Sweezy, who's going to be out for the first five games most likely. Uh, Lewis Murphy, who has not practiced yet from his knee surgery, looking more and more like he could be out to start the season as well. Uh, Caleb Beninock, the rookie guard, is still out with a foot injury. Uh, Brandon Myers, who hurt his knee in Thursday's game, is still not practicing. Uh, Andrew DePaula, the long snapper, did not go again today, although he said he's fine. I think it's just normal soreness, maintenance. Uh, they wanted to get some of the emergency snappers some work as well. Adarius Glanton, the backup linebacker, took the snaps today. Uh, it was kind of neat. Talked to him. He had not taken snaps in a game uh, since high school. Was kind of like an emergency snapper on his college team and uh, has some experience, but it's been a while. So he would be your emergency long snapper if anything were to happen in a game to Andrew DePaula. Uh, Dominant Smith, who was out with the flu on Saturday, was back at practice on Monday, but still not practicing. So you had that weird converted line where Kevin Pamphil slid over from left guard to left tackle. Evan Smith stepped in at left guard. Uh, they're kind of testing their depth on the offensive line right now. But again, that's just a flu bug for Donovan Smith. I doubt that would be anything that carries all the way to the end of this week and Saturday with the Jaguars. Uh, one roster move they made today. Uh, Bucks have a new defensive tackle. His name is Ishmaeli Kitchen. 
Ishmaeli Kitchen. That's I-S-H-M-A-A apostrophe I-L-Y. Uh, last name is Kitchen. Uh, played with the Cleveland Browns. Had uh, 78 tackles between 2012 and 2014. Was basically out of the league last year. Played one game with the Lions, one game with the Patriots. Didn't have any stats in either game. Uh, got cut loose by the Patriots in April. And is now the latest in the Bucks' search to try and find a fourth defensive tackle. Uh, obviously, the Bucks have Gerald McCoy and Clinton McDonald and Akeem Spence uh, firmly entrenched as their top three defensive tackles. There's a good drop-off from those three to the fourth defensive tackle. Uh, it could be Kitchen, who has more experience than anybody else he's up against. could be A.J. Francis, our Uber driver and uh, political science major and future mayor or governor or anything else in politics. Uh, that's A.J. Francis. Cliff Matthews from the Falcons is also in the mix. Uh, to a lesser extent, the two rookies, Devontae Lambert and Travis Britz, are also in the mix. So that's your update there. Uh, the Bucks have Tuesday as a kind of walk-through practice before they go to Jacksonville. One important note, if any of you guys are within driving distance of Jacksonville, I'm sure somebody listening on this podcast is close to Jacksonville, uh, you cannot just show up to the practice. Even though the practice is... On Wednesday and Thursday, the joint practices are open to the public. Um, they're at capacity. They have already, everybody is spoken for in terms of all the seats at their practice fields. Uh, so there's no walk-up attendance. If you got a ticket already, they gave out free tickets for registered fans in Jacksonville. Great if you got them. If not, you'll be able to follow me on Twitter, at Greg Almond. Uh, I'll give you all the updates you need, some video, all that kind of stuff as well. So do not just show up in Jacksonville because they will probably turn you away. Uh, there are still tickets available for Saturday's game. Uh, if you want to go to the actual preseason game Saturday night, it looked like on the secondary market they were going for as little as $16. Uh, $16 on StubHub, $16 on uh, SeatGeek as well. Uh, we are proud to have SeatGeek coming on as a sponsor of this podcast and all the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, we'll be reading some ads for them, some sponsorships from them. Absolutely great to have them on as a sponsor. Excited about SeatGeek sponsoring this podcast. Uh, and uh, we'll have more on them in the next couple days here with that. So that is uh, what we have about Jacksonville. And we'll have a lot more tomorrow. We can kind of pre uh, preview these uh, dual practices. Some of the familiar faces we'll be looking for, what we can talk about on the Jaguar side of practice as well. I do have a couple questions here in the mailbag. Uh, appreciate you guys sending in your answer, your questions, I should say. Uh, again, if you want to ask questions of us, you can send us an email at lockedonbucks at gmail.com. That's L O C K E D O N B U C S at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter. Uh, our, our Twitter handle is lockedonbucks. Uh, if you don't want to do that one, you can hit me up at Greg Allman, G R E G A U M A N. Really appreciate the questions we're getting there. We're getting so many, we can't answer them all every week. Our first question comes in from uh, Darren Tassone. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Darren. That's two days in a row Darren's in the mailbag. Darren wants to know if it's wise for the Bucks to use Adam Humphreys uh, as their punt returner when there is limited proven depth behind Adam Humphreys at wide receiver. Uh, Bucks obviously have Mike Evans, have Vincent Jackson. Adam Humphreys is your third receiver. Uh, nobody's really sure who the fourth and fifth are going to be. Uh, certainly could be Russell Shepard based on how well he played in the preseason opener. Uh, could be a younger, unproven guy like Kenny Bell, like Evan Spencer, like Dante Dye. Um, 
lots of different options there. Uh, but the question is whether or not it's smart for them to put Adam Humphreys out there uh, risking injury on punt returns when they don't have much behind him on wide receiver depth. I think the easy answer for that is that it's kind of a necessary evil in today's NFL. Uh, you do have some teams that can have somebody who's only on the roster as a special teams return specialist. They better be really good on returns for them to justify that. Uh, you know, you kind of saw that with Devin Hester for a couple years. A lot of you guys always are clamoring for the Bucks to sign Devin Hester. I don't know that he has any more wide receiver years left in him at his age. Uh, I'm sure he'll go somewhere in the NFL. Uh, still might have a touchdown return or two in him. He's the best returner of all time. I am not doing anything to take away from everything he's done as a return man in the NFL. Uh, but with Adam Humphreys, you know, he is taking a chance. That's probably, uh, you know, five or six plays where he's going to have contact. Um, obviously, punt return has the risk of some dangerous collisions because you're going full speed. You have people going full speed at you. But uh, Adam Humphreys has done this before, did it at Clemson. Was probably more of a return man at Clemson than he was a receiver. Uh, so he knows the right ways to uh, take care of yourself as a punt returner. If he is the guy, he will get the first look again here against the Jaguars. I don't think that'll take away from him as a receiver. I think that's something he can balance pretty well. So I understand the concern, but I do think they're okay uh, using him in both roles. It looks very much like we could have the same thing with kickoff returns. Uh, Dante Dye will get the first look on Saturday on kickoff returns, and obviously he's a guy that would help them on receiver, at receiver if he makes this team as well. Uh, my son Riley, who's always good for questions, Riley has a question, wants to know if I think Ishmaeli Kitchen can make this team. Um, and it's intriguing. In one sense, uh, you know, Kitchen is available here on the 16th of August. That's not a good sign. Uh, in that he wasn't gobbled up right away when the Patriots cut him loose in April. Uh, but no, compared to what he's up against, I would say his greater competition uh, that Kitchen has as a defensive tackle is probably more so from outside this roster from inside this roster. I still think defensive tackle is a position where the Bucks could easily go out on the waiver wire, uh, find the best defensive tackle waived by other teams, and bring them in and, and have them learn on the fly in week one and be this team's fourth defensive tackle. Right now, the in-house options would be largely unproven. Uh, you have guys like Cliff Matthews, who have played for Mike Smith, who have been productive as defensive linemen in the NFL. Uh, you have guys like A.J. Francis, who have limited NFL experience. And then you have rookies who are undrafted rookies uh, and have not played very much. Neither Lambert nor uh, Brits played that much in the Eagles game. Uh, so right now, I think there's a chance that Kitchen makes the initial 53. Uh, as we've mentioned, there's going to be that first wave of re-signings, guys that were cut elsewhere and claimed off waivers, and he could easily make this 53 roster for a day and then be cut elsewhere. Um, so be curious to see what Ishmaeli Kitchen can do, how quickly he can pick things up. He was staying out late on the practice field after practice today, uh, working with Gerald McCoy, learning some of the nuances of what it's like to be a Bucks defensive tackle. So he's a guy we'll be talking about, one of the better names on the team, uh, Ishmaeli Kitchen. Uh, thank you guys very much. We're going to wrap things up. We're nearing up on uh, 20 minutes here. But thank you guys very much uh, for listening. We're getting a good audience building up here. Uh, week two had more than week one. Certainly hope we can have the same growth here in week three on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate you guys that listen. I also want you to subscribe, whether it's on iTunes or some of the other uh, podcast sites that we're featured on. 
uh, please go ahead and subscribe. Make this part of your daily routine. We love having you guys listening. Uh, love the feedback I'm getting from other countries, from all over the country. Uh, keep up the comments. Keep the emails and the Twitter responses coming. Really appreciate getting those. Uh, want to hear what you want more of on this podcast. Obviously, we're new at this. Uh, it's only episode 12, so we can kind of uh, cater this to what you like and what you don't like. Uh, really appreciate the feedback and the questions we're getting. That will wrap this up for episode 12. Uh, we'll have one more uh, podcast to preview the practices in Jacksonville on Wednesday and Thursday coming out Wednesday morning. But for now, thank you guys for listening. For the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com, thank you for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.